Hi, Coda. the orange ones. Amen. Thank you, kids. We're going to receive our Harvest Church tithes and offerings. If the ushers would kindly wait upon the people. If you need an envelope for your giving tonight, go ahead and raise your hand. Amen. Let's stand up. Father, tonight we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So tonight we come, Lord God, humbly before your throne of grace. And we thank you, Father, for your manifested presence tonight as we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords.
Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, 
which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took to him his wife. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all of the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son.
Christ is born. Necessarily preach a sermon, but I want you to reflect upon this scripture on Luke chapter 2. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, say it with me, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This Christmas, I want us to remember not only remember Jesus our Savior. But I want us to remember him as Lord also. Savior is defined as this. It's a deliverer, a preserver, a benefactor, a rescuer. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 states, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. John chapter 1 and verse 29 John the Baptist states behold the Lamb of God who takes away the what? Sin of the world 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 2 for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus John chapter 3 verse 17 for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through Him. Jesus Christ, people, is the only Savior. His name is the only name that brings salvation. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The message translation says, Salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved. Only this one. John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 1 Peter chapter 1.18, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or spot. In ancient times, slaves could be redeemed by purchasing them with money. Tonight, I want you to understand religion, being member of a church, church membership, being a good person, moral character, can't redeem you. It's only the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, this is one scripture tonight. I I wouldn't mind if you would turn there as I read it. It's in Philippians chapter 2. We're talking about Jesus, our Savior. In verse 5 it says, "Let Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. 
but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue could, should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Rick Renner states it this way. He says, Here is the true story of a king who traded his kingly garments and took upon himself the clothing of a servant. Jesus, our king, who exchanged his royal robes for the clothing of flesh, loved us so much that he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. Say, Jesus, He's my Savior. Now I want to take just a few minutes and talk about the fact that He's our Lord. Last week when I was praying, and I'm in here every morning praying, and I got quiet. And I know the Spirit of God was speaking to my heart. And and it was like the Father spoke to my heart these words. Jesus is Savior to many believers. But He's not their Lord. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ can be your Savior, people. But not necessarily your Lord. Lord is defined as owner, master, one who has absolute dominion, supreme authority, total submission on our part to God's will, not out of a slavish fear or bondage, but joyfully and willingly. Here are some scriptures that admonish us on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? Say, I'm not my own. Romans 14, verse 7. For none of us lives to himself. No one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Say, I'm the Lord's. Titus 2.14 says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 states, And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Let me read that again. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You know this scripture in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, that states, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. And I want you to listen carefully to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. For by him, 
all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, powers, dominions, principalities, all things were created through him and for him. All things, say all things, were created through him and for him. You and I were created by the Lord Jesus Christ for him. When you understand this truth, his lordship over your life will become a reality. And your heart's desire will be this. You will want to give him everything. Say everything. I want to close with this. It's a wonderful book written years ago by John Bevere, who's a great author. It's called A Heart Ablaze. And he refers to this about giving everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, some of Jesus' other parables illustrate this point. One is found in the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 25. The kingdom of heaven is compared to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom, Jesus. All of them were virgins, and they all called him Lord. All of them had lamps which speak of light, representing those who have received the gift of eternal life. All of them were expecting to go with him in his second coming. He's not talking about those who have not heard the gospel or never acknowledged belief in him. In other words, he's not talking about the cold. Of the ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. The ratio, ratio is significant. And I, I, I really believe that because as the Spirit of God spoke to my heart last week, not everybody calls Him Lord. Jesus here is discussing a sizable portion of the church. When you think about that, half of them Amen. We're taught. What separated the wise from the foolish? The foolish had only their lamps. The wise had vessels that contained a surplus of oil to continually keep the lamps burning. At midnight a cry was heard that the bridegroom was coming and the virgins were to meet him. But the lamps of the foolish were going out. They immediately said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. And the wise answered them, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. I'd heard different ministers expound on this parable, yet I felt that I'd not connected to the true meaning. Then one morning while I was outside in a remote place praying, I fervently cried out, Lord, please help me understand this parable. That very day God showed me that the key statement of the parable is in the words of the wise virgins to the foolish. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Picture this, ten virgins, five wives... Five foolish walk into a surplus store. The foolish walk up to the counter, pull out some money and say to the clerk, give me one of those lamps. I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. I want the blessings of God. Each leaves the counter with a lamp that is burning and says, thank God I'm saved. The wise walk up to the counter, pull out of their pockets all of their cash. 
They've liquidated every asset and brought that money as well as their savings. They say to the clerk, that represents everything I own. Every penny I am worth. I've nothing else to give. Please give me that lamp and use every penny left over to buy all the oil it will buy. Each one walks away with a lamp and a large vessel filled with oil to fuel the lamp. The difference is that the wise gave their entire lives and the foolish gave only what they thought was what was required to be saved. They kept back part of their lives. Though they left with a lamp that burned and their light could be seen, it would not endure to the end. And folks, we're in the end. In the parable, their lamps began to go out at midnight in the darkest hour. When tribulation hits its peak, they could no longer endure. That is why Jesus often says, He who endures to the end shall be saved. The foolish virgins immediately went out to buy, but while they were gone, the bridegroom came. The wise who were ready went with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Upon their return, the foolish cried out, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Again, the Lord utters, I do not know you to those who confess his lordship. The lukewarm had not given their entire lives. These words of Jesus surely applied to them. He who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Why have we believed a gospel in America that has given us the provisions of resurrection power without the cross? This gospel has led us into a lukewarm state. It has robbed us of the fire of God that we need to burn in our hearts. Have we looked for the living among the dead? Have we forgotten his words which so clearly state, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Amen. So yes, Jesus Christ is your Savior. But people, in 2023, He needs to be your Lord. He needs to be Lord over your family. Lord over your children your grandchildren. He needs to be Lord over your, your, your livelihood, your job, your employment, your business. He needs to be Lord over your finances. He needs to be Lord over your thoughts. He needs to be Lord over your flesh. There's a scripture... And I, I never thought about it this way. And it's Romans 10, 9, and 10. And we quote it all the time. If we confess our, with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart man believes on the righteousness and with mouth, the mouth salvation is made unto confession. 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 We're going to have to start declaring in 2023 with our mouths confessing He's Lord over our lives. 
You can do that. I can do that. You're going to have to open your mouth, and I'm going to have to open my mouth daily and say, the Lord Jesus Christ, He's Lord over my family. I declare and decree He's Lord over my children. He's Lord over my finances. He's Lord over my marriage. He's Lord over every area of my life. Amen. God must have all of our hearts in 2023. Yes, He's our Savior. But I don't want to be numbered with the five foolish virgins. I want to be numbered with the five wise ones. So let's confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ in the days ahead. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Tonight, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful and grateful that you sent your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save us from our sin. And we remember you, Lord Jesus, our Savior. But tonight, we also declare and decree that you're Lord over our lives. You're Lord over our families. You're Lord over this church. You're Lord over the city of Norfolk in northeast Nebraska. We declare and decree you're Lord over the state of Nebraska and over the United States of America. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Lordship. And Father, we purpose in the days ahead to give you all of our heart, spirit, soul, and body, we present to you, Father. We worship you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let me see the hands of everyone here tonight that would say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Amen. 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 Let's sing this together.
specifically your neck issues with your neck raise your hand if that's your necks necks amen who's, who's the neck just you you so Jesus is Savior he's Lord There's healing in the name. Say that with me. There's healing in the name of Jesus, my Savior, my Lord. I receive that when Pastor Mike lays hands on me. I receive that healing anointing in Jesus' name.
resurrection power quicken her body this night in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we curse that system and to go. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Thank you for making a priority of worshiping Jesus with us tonight remembering Jesus our Lord and Savior remember tomorrow if you're here nobody will be here we give you your family's time to be together at Christmas I know it falls this way once in a while so remember next next week no prayer on Wednesday night but you come a week from tomorrow expecting God Amen Merry Christmas God bless you